This is episode 51, Why a Belief Plan is Better Than a To-Do List with Bonnie. Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vonna Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me. And just like you, my best years still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. Okay, my friends, I'm on to you and your to-do list. I know you've been battling your to-do list all your life. I know you love to check things off, but you get tired of seeing all the tasks left undone every day. Am I right? Today, we're talking about a more effective list for achieving our goals, which is called a belief plan. It doesn't need to replace your tired to-do list, but it does need to come first. Your belief plan is that spark that generates the confidence and motivation you need to get things done. And even better, a belief plan stays with you. It changes and grows with you instead of being tossed in the wastebasket at the end of the day. In this coaching session with Bonnie, we address several issues regarding her goal to create an online course. And what all these issues have in common is they end up with a mind-shifting thought that can go on her belief plan. So let's talk about when self-doubt is slowing you down and how to build a better belief system to rev up your progress. This is our second episode of Three with Coaching with my guest client, Bonnie, who she's just such a bright light and doing great work helping other women. So a quick catch up if this is your first episode. Bonnie is a career coach and she's working on a course to help women find the career that fits them. And she's been feeling kind of anxious, overwhelmed, and deflated at times and not getting it done as quickly as she wants to. So we started this series with her last week. It was episode 50. And today you're going to hear kind of a mix of things. We're going to talk a little about our mind-body connection, about imposter syndrome, about inviting unseen divine help, and about what a belief plan is. I started off this second session by asking Bonnie if she had any experiences this past week that were influenced by what we talked about in the first session. And I thought it was great that she noticed how the tension in her mind and body were connected and were feeding each other. Let's talk about the things you were going to work on last week. So did you get a chance to process some difficult emotions? I did. It was great because I paid attention. You know, I paid attention to me, to my thinking, to my feeling. I mean, I didn't do it all the time, but I certainly stopped and was like, oh, wait a minute. What am I thinking? What am I feeling here? Um, Mm. And so, yeah, it was really, really helpful because a lot of times I will feel stress in my face. Mm. It goes through my jaw and up through my cheeks and I end up getting these tension headaches um, because of it. Mm -hmm. So that really, it really helped that because I caught it before it happened. And I could feel the tensions coming through the jaw, but then thinking, okay, wait a minute, what do I need to do with this? And again, what am I thinking and what am I feeling? So it was really helpful. 
Yeah, just that awareness is the first step. Like we cannot change something we're not aware of. Exactly. <laughs> and so like turning into your body and your mind and what are you creating for yourself, right? What tension, what stress? I love this thought that an anxious mind can't stay in a relaxed body. And I don't know how gospel truth that is, but for sure our mind and our body are in a cycle. Certain thoughts will create tension in our body as well as tightness in our body will create a certain state of mind. So paying attention to both of those and kind of like, that's why we take a moment to relax and center at the beginning of a session. And you can do that throughout the day. It doesn't even have to be a big deal. It can just be like, oh, I notice. Again, you mentioned your jaw. For me, it's my shoulders. Oh, I'm like getting tight. And then just, it can take only two or three seconds to relax them. And then it doesn't build and build and build all day long. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because by the end of the day, sometimes my face feels like I have a vice on it. Yeah. And I can't do anything to get it relaxed when it gets to that state. It's just like, oh, mm -hmm. only going to sleep helps it. And then it takes me a long time to get to sleep. If I let it continue through the day, and usually I do, I just push through it. You know, but with the tool that you gave me to work with last week, it really helped me. Like I said, I was really happy that I had that tool. You know, it's, sometimes it's, it's crazy because you, you know things, but you just ignore it. And that's usually what I do. Like I said, I ignore the, the signs. I push through it because I think, oh, I can't stop. I don't have time for that. Instead, it ends up, I'm not as productive and I'm not as fluid, I guess, in my thinking and all that kind of stuff, because I'm, I notice the tension so much, but then I don't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're starting to tap into that. <laughs> yeah. It is really interesting and powerful to notice how a tense body will affect your thoughts and emotions to be more uptight and uncomfortable. And in reverse, anxious thoughts lead our body to tense up. I found that it really helps me to pay attention to both of them and unravel them circling through my mind and body to keep relaxing into my day. I'll often take a break from my computer and just lay flat on the floor, point my toes at the ceiling and circle my ankles and just stop thinking, take a mini meditation break for three minutes. And just feeling the floor supporting my back, it's surprising how that can reset how I'm feeling. It's like we need to break that tension or it will just keep winding up and winding up and tightening up all day. All right. Now, if you listen to the last episode with Bonnie, you know she's feeling overwhelmed by creating this course because of all the new things she has to figure out. As we talk, she also realized a deeper issue that is also draining her motivation. Let's listen to what she found out. Did you try and map out any models with the circumstances, thoughts, feelings, and actions and the results? Yeah, I did. And you know what? I really, so I printed off the sheet, the model, how we create our experiences. And then I took a pen and I circled the word create because I know that we have power in this in creating our experiences. And it's, it's my kind of language, I guess. I love that kind of language in how we create our life experiences. And it's what I teach my clients that, you know, you're in control. 
you get to design and create by the decisions that you make, right? And so Mm -hmm. I totally love this. It was right up my alley. So of course, the circumstance was, you know, the creation of my course and how it's been sidelined, I guess, by myself. It was my own doing. That was me creating that experience, that Mm -hmm. sidelining, getting off track and everything else coming in the way. And then realized, of course, it's not the course creation isn't my real problem. That's, That's kind of the symptom. The root of it, I think, had to do with And this was giving it more thought was really confidence, a confidence thing that a does the world want what Bonnie Porter has to offer Mm -hmm. Um, and not necessarily the world. But when I say the world, I mean, my demographic or my audience and that it, it manifested itself, me not creating my course Mm -hmm. manifested it through procrastination and making excuses and my lack of time management and lack of self-worth, you know, so that all kind of came in there. And so I I was seeing, and again, I love this because it's really made me stop on stuff that I just power through any other time. Um, but it's really got me to stop to think about, okay, how I'm responsible for this experience that I'm having right now. My thoughts are responsible for the actions that I'm taking or not taking. And so that was good for me to see. So what happened this week was I started as I was creating, working on my slides, I was going through the course that I've created and I actually, it brought me to referring back to some resources that I had used in the past. And as I was looking at those resources, it's a, it's a program that's run through Harvard and my initial thought was, and this is why I started thinking, does the world what Bonnie want what Bonnie Porter has to offer? Because as I was looking at this Harvard course, it's it's actually very similar to my thinking, my way of thinking and the and the ideas that I use with my clients before I even ever saw this Harvard program. Mm, nice. And nice. but then I was thinking, but these are Harvard experienced professors who have been doing their work for years and years and years and they're Harvard professors. That's what just kept running through my mind. These are Harvard professors. (laughs) And I imagine that they have to be pretty good stock to land uh, teaching at at Harvard. Yeah. So I, I just started thinking those thoughts about, am I good enough for my clients or should I just send them to the Harvard program? (laughs) Because I was noticing that many principles that they teach, like I said, about designing their work life or people designing their work life mm-hmm. were similar to the things that I talk about. And it was interesting, though, because I thought I had come up with these really cool, creative uh, titles for the principles that I teach, like wayfinding your career or you know, connecting the dots to your designing and creating your career um, and deciding to decide. And when I read their information, they use similar terms. They talk about wayfinding. They talk about mm. connecting the dots. They talk about making decisions. But the cool thing is that as I was going through all of this, and, and like I said, using your tool, the worksheet here, I started to see, and I remember a musician, a friend of mine, who's a talented musician, when she went to um, BYU um, for her music, her professor told her that she will never be the best. And that kind of shocked her. 
because he said, there's always going to be somebody who knows something more than you. But he said to her that most music is made by playing the same notes, only doing it a little bit differently. And so that's the thought that came to my mind as I was looking at these resources. And I caught myself also because before I would have, and I'm not saying I'm always going to be doing this, but before I caught myself, I would, I would start to spiral and I'd be thinking, oh, wait, I, maybe I shouldn't teach this because first of all, they're going to think I stole it from them. And second of all, I'm not a Harvard professor. And so, but I caught myself because I had that memory of that information that, that, that thought, that idea that uh, my friend had shared with me about the music. And I thought, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter. They, and they have that different audience. Their audience is, is university students. Right. My audience is women who are stuck and don't know what to do or how to get unstuck. So with regards to their careers. And so I put it to the side. I put all those thoughts, kind of knocked them out of my head and uh, just continued on. So that's kind of where that went. And I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> I was looking for your experience and that is what you shared with me. So that's perfect. You answered a question before I even asked it. <laughs> and I was going to ask you, why are you the best for your audience better than those Harvard people? And you already answered the question. Like they're not going to the Harvard people, are they? Your audi audience? Are they reading the research? Your audience, are they reading the Harvard research? Absolutely not. Probably not. So your role is like the facilitator between your own thoughts as well as like what you, because you're the researcher, you're the expert, and you're the one who's going to like put it in a form that works for your audience because you understand your audience. The Harvard people don't, right? That's an excellent way of looking at it. Yeah. And, and also for my audience, I've lived their experience mm -hmm. where probably that Harvard professor has not. I'm not going to say that I know what their experiences are, but I feel like I would understand that audience. And I love that you said that uh, I'm facilitating mm -hmm. that information. Yeah. Yeah. You make it accessible to people because they're not going to go there like you are interested in doing. Plus you're like the relationship with you is, you know, they'll, like you said, they'll relate to you. Bonnie realized she had a bad case of imposter syndrome. That is a real thing. And it happens when we don't feel qualified or we feel like we aren't as qualified as someone else. And we're afraid that other people will find out. It's the old compare and despair thing. When she brought that up, I wanted to help her see why she is the perfect person for her specific audience. It doesn't matter that Harvard has a research paper on the subject. Her women need her to take all this research, combine it with her years of experience working with women, and put it in a form that meets them where they are now. They aren't going to read the Harvard study. Thoughts like these can help Bonnie feel confident about her value. If you ever find yourself in the same situation where you wish you could do something, but you see other people doing it better, in your opinion, and you don't feel qualified, realize that you do know more than someone else who needs you to interpret it for them and create it for them and arrange it for them in the way that only you can. We all have our own group that speaks our language and shares our experiences and understands each other. They need you to be their guide in your own way, and you are totally qualified to do that. 
Now, in a little different direction, somehow we got on the subject of seeking divine help. I do believe that we are co-creating our lives with God, and God wants to help us out with our aspirations. So I told Bonnie about one way I like to be open to receiving grace and help from the other side. So I'll share one of the things that brings me peace when I am working on something that's hard. And it's right in line with this, like I imagine a dream team and my unseen dream team (laughs) surrounding me and just invite God to send whoever he wants to help me out and imagining these people around me ready to inspire me with the thoughts that I need at the moment ready to help me see solutions to problems I don't see yet. And then I understand I'm not alone because I really don't think we are. I think we've got lots of help. And just being open to that, open to that hope being present around me. The unseen dream team. I love that because <laughs> that's that's exactly how I feel. And you know, I, my favorite scripture is in the Book of Mormon when Nephi and the brother of Jared are building boats and barges because mm-hmm. I've never done this before. I've never created a course before like this. I've created courses that I've taught in person to people, but nothing that's ever been online or virtual. And so uh, I've often gone to him and said, okay, Heavenly Father, I don't know how to build a boat, but you do. So you know, here's what I need to know how to build a boat. If you could just help me out with that. And I have felt that several times. And I love what you just said about the unseen dream team, because I never labeled it like that. I never called it that, but I have felt unseen power helping me do the things that I have done. Like it's incredible what I have done to myself, not for anybody else. My kids would think, Oh mom, like that's so easy. But for me, it's been a real process of learning these things. And I'm pretty proud of the things that I have done. But I also recognize that it hasn't been me. It's been unseen people pushing my cart for me. Yeah. Isn't that nice to know? Yeah. So maybe there's something there for you to keep in mind the next time you feel alone or stuck or in need of a little help. I've noticed that when I invite that unseen dream team, I'll often have a new idea come to mind that I know wasn't my own, and I always pause to give credit and say thank you. Now, you've probably heard me talk about belief plans in past episodes, and I'll explain it again here. A belief plan is a list of thoughts that help you feel what you want to feel and do what you need to do to get the result you want. I create belief plans for specific outcomes I want. For example, throughout my life, I've struggled a lot with feeling like I don't have enough time and I never get enough done. So I have a belief plan about time. And a few thoughts on my time belief plan are, today is just the right size to do what needs to be done today. Every day is totally free to do anything I want to do. And what I get done is enough to get the results I want. So that's a simple example. And I have belief plans for my business, for my family relationships, for belief in myself, even for trusting in God. It's one of my favorite ways to intentionally create the mindset I want to live with. And reading through those belief plans always helps me reset and get back into a state of higher energy and confidence. 
So Bonnie and I talked about creating a belief plan for her course creation project to help her stop feeling anxious and overwhelmed and deflated and to get on with feeling more confidence and enthusiasm. Right. So the belief plan is what we're leading up to with the emotions that you want to feel while you're working. And we decided that grateful and committed, kindness, peaceful are the emotions that you want. But to get to those, you have to have intentional thoughts. And that's what your belief plan is. Okay. And as we were talking, we kind of came up with things that could be on your belief plan. For example, what's a thought about gratitude? What could you be grateful for while you're working on your course that would help you shift into gratitude? Oh, gosh, there's so many things. (laughs) Like just even the fact that I have a space to work on my stuff, you know? Oh, so many people would love to have their own office like you do. It's beautiful too. And I have peace. Thank you. I have peace and quiet to do it as well. You know, I don't have interruptions. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that I have this space to work in. Yeah. And that I have the tools that I have available to me. And I'm grateful for my spiritual knowledge too, for my beliefs, the beliefs that I have around God and Mm -hmm. where I can go for help. Yeah. And we talked about how you're the perfect person for your audience, right? So that thought, I'm the perfect person. I'm grateful for the experiences that I've had that have brought me here to be able to help other women. And even, I'm even grateful (laughs) for those things that I've been challenged with, for the hard things. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I have developed skills. I have gained knowledge that otherwise I would not have had if I didn't go through those tough times or those difficult challenges. A belief plan is an evolving document. It keeps growing if you pay attention to it. If you keep it where you see it regularly and you look at it every day, then you'll come up with more and more thoughts or refine these thoughts And it becomes a more powerful thing in your life. I love that. It's not like these things that I have on my wall, these signs and, you know, whatever on motivational Mm -hmm. um, plaques that I have around here. I love that this is because like you said, they just are the same as the blinds or the the rug in the room. Mm -hmm. This is more living. This is is alive. This, this belief plan idea is alive because every day when you look at it, it, like you just said, it could change, it can grow, it can become something else. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Right. And a lot of those quotes and thoughts, they're kind of like affirmations, Mm -hmm. you know, and the reason affirmations often don't have a lot of power over us is because we don't believe them. So an affirmation like making money is easy. like. Nope, don't believe that. So just it just can't get in and help me because I don't believe it. I could do some bridge thoughts, which maybe we start with like, it's possible that making money could be easier for me. It's easier for other people. That's something I could believe, right? Mm-hmm. So these thoughts on our belief plan are more like sentences in our mind. 
things that we can believe right now and help us feel something right now. And that's another reason why it's a living document, because as you grow, then your thoughts and your beliefs grow. I loved Bonnie's thought that a belief plan is a living document. I hadn't thought of it exactly that way before. I always learn awesome things from the women I work with. It's one of the pleasures of coaching. And it's definitely been my experience with my own belief plans that they keep changing and growing with me. I print them out and I put them in a disc-bound journal where I can read them regularly, usually a few times a week. And over time, I'll come up with a new thought or hear one from someone else and write it on my belief plan. And then every once in a while, I update it and print out a new one. So these plans just keep evolving and really becoming more powerful over time. And then some of the most transformational thoughts become so ingrained that they now automatically pop up in my head when I need them. For example, I mentioned my time belief plan and the simple thought, this is what time is for, helps me be more mindful and present with my family or even when I'm doing things like cooking dinner or updating our budget. It helps me really be at peace instead of feeling like I should be doing something else. And that thought just comes up, this is what time is for. It has an amazing effect on me, way beyond what you would think six little words could do. That's the power of the right thought. So when you find them, hold them close. Now, at the end of our second session together, I asked Bonnie what stood out to her from our coaching today. Oh, I loved, loved the idea of the toddler running around my head with a Sharpie marker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is absolute truth. And um, that probably will go on my belief plan. <laughs> yeah. That I need to tame the child with the Sharpie. And uh, so I really did love that. I liked the, the takeaways that I'm, I am taking away is definitely the belief plan. I'm going to create that. And I think that that's the thing that will, like your list that you had shared with myself and Marilyn before, I think that that will become my part of my morning routine is reviewing what my beliefs are. And I really feel that I'll find inspiration and motivation from that. Yeah. Oh, and the other fantastic takeaway is the idea of the dream team, our Mm -hmm. unseen dream team that I love that as well. I think I warned you in the beginning that we covered a lot of concepts today. And here's what all these things have in common. They are all about managing your thoughts in a way that serves you and creates the results you want. And everything we talked about generated a thought that can be saved on Bonnie's belief plan. So let's review them here. We talked about our mind-body connection and circling through them and relaxing them. And the thought that she came up with, what do I need to do with this? And when she remembers to think that, to be aware that she's getting tense, and then ask herself, what do I need to do with this? That can really help her relax and break that tension. We talked about getting over comparison and imposter syndrome, those feelings of not being qualified, and to realize that you're just the right person to share what you know in your own unique way to the people you have influence with. So a thought she could write on her belief plan is, because of my experience, I understand my audience better than the Harvard people do. And there's the idea of being open to divine help from God and seeking grace. 
And her own thought that she could add to her belief plan is, I don't know how to build a boat, but you do. I offer that you could start your own belief plan today before the end of the day. Choose something you're working on, whether it's your kitchen remodel or your marriage or your plan to eat more veggies and add a few thoughts to it. Beliefs are just thoughts that you keep thinking over and over. When these thoughts are captured and intentionally saved in a belief plan, it changes and grows with you and you have power. It starts with being aware of what you're thinking and then being able to see how that's affecting you and then intentionally choosing what you want to think. This is the way. Okay, friends, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Would you please help a friend today by sharing this podcast with them? In your podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening in, there will be a share icon. It's that box with an arrow, and it will let you send a link to a friend through a text message or email or a direct message on social media. Please just let them know why you find it valuable and invite them to listen. Our goal here is to double our podcast audience every month. So thank you so much for listening and sharing it. And if you think that you might be interested in being a guest client, I offer three sessions of free coaching. We record it and then we use clips from it for three podcast episodes. If you want to find out more about being considered as a guest client, then just get in touch with me. My email is vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com and it's in the show notes or you can message me on social media. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. By the time we get to midlife, we've been practicing the way we think and the way we do things for a very long time and some of it gets in the way of what we really want out of life. I'd love to be your one-on-one coach and teach you how to create the fulfilling experience that you want. We can work on achieving goals or overcoming any challenges you're dealing with. The first call is always free, so reach out to me through email. It's vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media. I'm at vana davis on Instagram, and that's all in the show notes. Remember, a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. Take care until next time.